You're listening to Voices of Family, a monthly podcast series from the BC Council for Families. Each month, we bring you thought-provoking discussions with notable figures and frontline workers in the family service community. Voices of Family takes you inside family services to hear what's new and on the horizon, making life better for BC families. Jennifer Dales, Director of Programs of the BC Council for Families. One of the areas I focus on in my work is supporting the BC Alliance for Young Parents. The BC Alliance for Young Parents brings dedicated professionals working with young parents together to share their experiences and challenges, exchange ideas, learn from new research, and develop best practices. We're a strong voice for the children of BC's teens and we advocate for services and resources on their behalf. One of the members of the Alliance, the Growing Together Young Parent Program on Vancouver Island, recently released a follow-up study of young parents who completed their high school education with support from this program. The study has produced encouraging results, demonstrating the effectiveness of this and other young parent programs. Although statistically young parents are regarded as at risk, with a greater than average likelihood of living in poverty, of raising children with health issues and lower academic achievement, research has consistently proven that by completing their education, outcomes for young parents improve. Young parent programs provide childcare and parenting supports to young parents, enabling them to complete their high school education. Of the parents who participated in the Growing Together Young Parent Program, between 1993 and 1998, the longitudinal follow-up study found that years after their involvement with the program, 93% of mothers were not on social assistance, 37% owned their own home, 85% owned their own vehicle, 54% of parents had some post-secondary education, and 91% of their children were perceived by their parents to have excellent or good progress in kindergarten or grade one. David Sheftel, a program coordinator with the BC Council for Families, had an opportunity to visit the program in Duncan and talk with Mary Dolan and Kathy Payne. Mary is one of the report authors and former director of the center. Kathy is the current director of the center. David's extensive, wide-ranging interview with Mary and Kathy focused on exploring in-depth the positive results uncovered through the Growing Together Child and Parent Society longitudinal follow-up study, asking Mary and Kathy about why they think their program has had such a positive impact. Let's listen in to some of the highlights from the interview. In this section, David asks Mary and Kathy to share what results surprised them and what they felt was most significant. Maybe I'll just start with Mary. One of the the really interesting things that jumps out at you when you read it is about how well uh, the parents are doing after going through the the program. And um, I guess the the study looked at between 93 and 98, nearly 70% of these parents are employed now Mm -hmm. and only uh, something like 7% are on assistance. So that's really amazing outcomes, and it really does kind of challenge what a lot of people might think about, you know, young parents and and what they can achieve. Was that were, were those numbers surprising at all? Well, I was I was really delighted to hear how well the parents were doing and how they had used the opportunity here 
the ladder, if you like, mm -hmm. to words getting an education and parent at the same time. It was I was just um, I was really amazed and I was really proud of those parents because having known what many of them were going through, I didn't know what to expect when I started the study. I really didn't. I'm really happy for society as well that they're there served. Yeah, that's I guess that's the exciting thing too is that these parents are really contributing back to society. When you look at the challenges and, and like you say, the things that these parents had to overcome, what are some of those things? The stigma of being young, um, whether or not they had anticipated having a baby and decided they would have a baby when they were young, most of them. Most of them hadn't. They were living in a state of financial poverty for the most part. They had certainly poverty in their education and social poverty as well, mm. if they now didn't relate so well to their friends who didn't have babies, so they couldn't go out, you know, and doing the things that mm -hmm. teenagers usually do. So those were the three risks they had, the three poverties they were dealing with. Mm -hmm. They were coming in with various uh, relationship issues, mm -hmm. some of them in, in comfortable, safe um, family situations or in loving, caring relationships with a partner who did also care about the baby, and, but often in relationships that were either falling apart or fell apart while they, while they were here. Um, so there was a lot of particular needs, and housing was an issue, mm -hmm. big affordable housing, um, right. dealing with landlords at a young age, dealing with the subsidy system yeah. to get in here, they needed a lot of support there as well. Breakdown in family relationships, because sometimes families were really concerned that mother had had a child when they were so young. I think now the those issues are all um, even more prominent because mm. um, you know the cost of housing now in comparison to what it was like in 1995 and, and the cost of food and you know those things are, are just even more complicated now. One of the big things about our program is that the parents need to develop a trust because we're so close to the school where you know we have an open door policy the parents can come in and out at any time of, you know of the day when the child is here that they um, they develop that trust. And we really do encourage them to spend as much time as they po as, as they need to before they can before they leave their baby and actually go over to school. And the school is totally supportive of that. One of the mums was uh, was quoted as saying that you are like family for me. I succeeded because of all the support. Mary and Kathy also shared their belief that what truly makes a young parent program succeed is compassionate, non-judgmental staff. Who are skilled in supporting young parents across a wide range of areas. Well, we've been very fortunate that a lot of our staff have been with us for quite a long time. Mm -hmm. So just the experience that they've had over the years working with young parents and knowing to um, approach them very gently mm -hmm. and let the parent come to them and ask what it is that they need rather than advice giving. We, we do a lot of um, mentoring with our parents by doing and you know if the if the parent maybe is having a struggle you know with how to change her newborn baby and we have you know so we'll just come and give her some you know some some hints you know and lots of babies cry when they're having their diaper changed you know it has nothing to do with you you know this is just what this is just what babies do and and um you know we uh we you know we kind of parent we kind of teach them to parent on the go um and I think quite a few, I think it came up in the study too, that, you know, a lot of the parenting skills that they had were things that they, you know, that they picked up from us. I believe what we have here is that the term is used, compassionate professionals. They're professionals 
professional early childhood educators and a team of others out in the community who came in like the public health nurse and the outreach worker from CYC. Many people, the school teachers and the counsellors at the school, all professional but also compassionate. We speak up for the young women. We empower the young women to have a voice and hold mm. their head high and that what they were doing and caring for their babies and getting an education was hard work mm-hmm. and we supported them every mm-hmm. step of the way when they came through the door whatever their need was whether it was some food for the day whether it was to see the outreach worker instead of going to school right. they had something on their mind always respecting them mm-hmm. and always listening to what they needed not telling them what they needed right. which can happen quite often in society also key to the success of young parent programs is the fact that young parents can be a part of a group of their peers as the manager, I'm able to, if someone walks in the door and they have a problem, they can come in and sit down in the office and talk about it immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have to stand in the line, you know, at right. mental health or, mm-hmm. or you know, somewhere else. And, and, um, and I know, you know, how much of a gift that is to the parents because they mm-hmm. tell me all the time, you, mm-hmm. know, you know, just thank you for being there. Mm-hmm. All I needed mm-hmm. was to some, for someone to listen to me, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, um, to know that they're heard that's a huge part of my job that that I and the part that I really love that I can I can just be here you know when someone needs me to be here and I can also you know be on the floor if someone needs me yeah. to be on the floor because sometimes it's a it's a staff member that needs to go and talk to that that right. parent and you know mm-hmm. we 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 support in whatever way we possibly can but no no judgment you know right. it's mm-hmm. it's that to be in a non-judgmental place and for the parents to have the that camaraderie that they have like Mary was saying that um, you know there's the it's you, you don't you don't really fit in with your peers but here you do because mm-hmm. you know every 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 mom that's here is here because she has a baby you know and um, you know when we do parenting groups together they get they have that you know that close social contact that they need and and then they get to be friends and they yeah. phone each other and and um, you know they don't always have to phone and talk to us you know mm-hmm. sometimes they just want to talk to mm-hmm. a girlfriend sure. you know and uh, so yeah. that's a big that's a big part of that connection that we make here as well David asked about the role that father involvement plays in the success of the program and the young parent families uh, you mentioned about uh, fathers and and you know the importance of involving them in in the whole process um, do you at, you know now do you reach out do you do anything you know consciously to to try to support or involve fathers do you see that as a, a priority you know to to do more of and about the dads too I like to think that part of that stability that the children have received from having a mother and a father or a father figure together for um, a high percentage of the the people in the study Mm -hmm. said that that was the case. I think that that is helped by the fact that the mothers were able to go ahead and get an education. Mm -hmm. They were able to um, um, decide, you know, what kind of a life they wanted to live, what kind of a relationship they wanted to have. They weren't in poverty and so more vulnerable to moving into a relationship that might have, you know, not been as successful. So Mm -hmm. I think that getting an education actually, in a nutshell, assists Mm. a woman and a man in making the choices um, that are necessary and have the maturity and the confidence to make 
choices that end up in more successful mm -hmm. communicative partnerships. And even if those partnerships break up, the likelihood that they will be able to handle it in a way mm -hmm. that's the least harm to the child. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. at, at every front, it makes sense and has made sense to educate the young women, give them every opportunity to to grow in many ways, eh? mm -hmm. socially and, mm -hmm. and intellectually, and follow whatever was their interests. Kathy shared some of the concrete things that the Growing Together program does to support the involvement of fathers. We really encourage the dads to come in. Our dads that are working, it's kind of hard because it's because of our hours, mm -hmm. but um, we have a lot of dads that are involved in our program right now. And we have, you know, when, when dads come in, we make sure that we have a picture of dad and baby and put mm -hmm. it up on the wall. Um, we also do pictures of families, but it, but we really like to have a picture of just dad and the mm -hmm. baby, and, you know, and we put it on the wall at the baby's level so that they can see dad during mm -hmm. the day. Um, we also, um, you know, put up pictures of you know have posters of dads and babies um we talk you know we we're we're talking about putting on a nobody's perfect group um starting in april and we've invited the dads mm -hmm. to join um again it depends on you know whether it's the availability during the day for the dad but um we certainly encourage them to come and you know we 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 know we know the importance of a father figure that came out in the study mm -hmm. you know and in the study we didn't necessarily say whether it was the baby's biological dad but the mm -hmm. importance of having you know a male role model in the life and and um um you know some of our some of our babies it's it's a it's not the biological dad that's with them but you know we can see you know the love and caring that goes along you know mm -hmm. with that you know, yeah. with with the dad, yeah. you know, yeah. and that's what's important. It's dad, and that's uh, we we really we love to have the dads in the center. Mm -hmm. We're planning um, an evening coming up soon where we're you know we're, we call it a stay in play. So we get the, we do an evening where we have a dinner and and do and play some games and whatever. And that's an opportunity to see dads that we don't normally yeah. see and grandparents too. Yeah. You know, so it depends on who it is that you know that that's um you know really really close to the child so um that's that's another opportunity for us to involve you know dads who wouldn't normally be able to come into the center during the day overall what conclusion can we draw from the study education is the key to positive life change for young parent families without the support of young parent programs it would be very difficult for most young parents to complete their education this report and our conversation with Mary and Kathy underlines the need for highly skilled staff to meet the complex needs of vulnerable young parents. As the report states, more high-risk families means more problem-solving, staff must juggle parental crises while attempting to provide stability and a positive, safe environment for children. To ensure the long-term success and sustainability of young parent programs, the report's authors call for increased advocacy to create awareness of the effectiveness of young parent programs, increased collaboration between young parent programs and other community resources, further staffing supports for young parent programs such as community support workers, and further training and professional development for workers including coursework in communication skills and adolescent psychology. The BC Alliance for Young Parents and the BC Council for Families concur with the report's conclusions. The recent funding increase for young parents through the Ministry of Children and Family Development's Child Care Subsidy Program 
is an encouraging sign of government's commitment to supporting BC's vulnerable young parents. To join us in advocating for young parent programs, visit the BC Alliance for Young Parents page on the Council's website, www.bccf.ca. We would like to thank Mary Dolan and Kathy Payne for sharing their thoughts with David Sheftel in their interview and with all of us through this podcast. We would like to thank them for all of the work that they do to support many vulnerable young families to thrive. That wraps it up for this episode of Voices of Family. Check the BC Council for Families website next month for another episode on the latest in family services at www.bccf.ca. To keep our series relevant and engaging to family service professionals, we're listening to your feedback from the listener survey located on the Learning Network webpage below the podcast player. Let us know your thoughts on this episode and tell us who you'd like to hear interviewed. Thanks and see you next time.